Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Hello, my name is Kelly Brownell. I'm the director of the Rudd Center for Food Policy and Obesity at Yale University. Our guest for this first of two podcasts is Dr. Diane Newmark-Steiner, professor in the Division of Epidemiology and Community Health in the School of Public Health and also an adjunct professor in the Department of Pediatrics at the University of Minnesota. Her work is highly distinguished and regarded by the field because she studies very interesting important issues in adolescent nutrition and the prevention of weight-related problems, including eating disorders, unhealthy weight control behaviors, body dissatisfaction, and obesity. She's published extensively in the professional literature and has also written some things for the lay audience. She's received numerous honors and awards for her work, including both teaching and mentoring awards at the University of Minnesota. Diane, delighted to have you here. Let's talk about uh, promoting positive body image. Um, Tell people, if you wouldn't mind, about what you mean by body image. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me today. Um, We talk a lot about body image and how people view themselves, whether or not I am satisfied and to what level am I satisfied with different parts of my body. So it might be my shoulders, my hips, my stomach, my legs. Um, and also with my whole body, my body shape, my body size, my height, and my weight. That's one way to assess it. Of course, there you could go much more into depth um, by looking at different aspects, um, cognitive, emotional, behavioral, but this, this is how we usually assess body image. And there are wide variations from what I understand in how people feel about their bodies. There are wide variations. Our research has primarily focused on adolescents, and we find that many adolescents are less than enamored by their bodies. They are well aware of differences that they may have um, between the cultural ideals for body size, body shape, body weight, muscle size, etc., And what we would really like to see is not only having youth be more satisfied with their bodies, but really be more appreciative, really rejoice in their bodies. I mean, there is no reason why we should only be focusing on what's wrong with our bodies um, when we could be looking at, you know, how wonderful it is that I have legs that take me from one place to another, for example. So I'm assuming, and given what you and others have written, that adolescence is a particular time of risk for developing negative body image because of all the biological changes occurring and all the psychological and social things occurring in the lives of these individuals, that if negative body image develops, it could be a pretty difficult thing to reverse, I would imagine. We, we definitely see that body image concerns are strong during adolescence. If you look at what's happening with, with girls, as they develop, their bodies often change in ways that go against what is considered ideal in our society. So they start developing hips, they start developing breasts, they, they put some fat on their bodies. All of those things are absolutely normal, but they could be seen as being, being undesirable. So we really want to reverse um, the way that young girls feel about this. We've also seen in, in our research, um, we've studied a, a cohort of over 2,000 adolescents as they've gone into young adulthood, and we've seen that these body, body um, image concerns actually remain with the young people. 
throughout a 10-year period. So I know that the work you're just referring to is part of this very impressive Project EAT that you've done oh, now over the course of many years. Um, to what extent are the body image issues a problem for people? How, in this age group, how serious are there? How many people suffer from negative body image? Can you put a put some numbers to it? So what what we have been looking at is whether body image is indeed a quote unquote bad thing. So if I am dissatisfied with my body, perhaps that could be a good thing. Perhaps that could motivate me to be more physically active or make healthier food choices in order to change my body shape. And and that issue has come up because of the whole question about obesity. In our research, we have actually found that being dissatisfied with your body actually increases risk for health-compromising behaviors and does not have any beneficial effects. So, for example, um, young girls and young boys who are dissatisfied with their bodies are less likely to be physically active, less likely to eat fruits and vegetables, and more likely to engage in extreme weight control behaviors than, than youth who are more satisfied with their, than youth who are more satisfied with their bodies. We've also seen that having a poor body image predicts weight gain over time, which is, is kind of counterintuitive unless you get into the mindset of an adolescent. Well, this strikes me as very important uh, additional information to have because people who might have been thinking about body image would have been concerned about how unpleasant it would be to suffer from this if you're the individual having it, but you're now talking about it spilling over into a, a range of health behaviors that really could affect person a person's well-being in a number of ways. Yeah, and and what you bring up is also important. We also know that body image does have an impact on one's overall sense sense of self and self-esteem. And you know, during the adolescent years, this is so important. And what percentage of teenage girls and boys would would be having negative body image? And are there behaviors that are troublesome that come from this dissatisfaction? So it's a little difficult to say what percentage of youth have poor body image because it really depends on the cutoff. Um, If we look at the percentage of youth who are, for example, engaging in unhealthy weight control behaviors, we see it's over half of adolescent girls and a third of adolescent boys. In a research study that we've just published, we have found that the use of muscle enhancers, such as taking protein powders, using creatine, even using steroids, can be as high as one-third of adolescent boys who are engaging in these behaviors and a quarter of adolescent girls. So this is a behavioral problem, a big behavioral problem in my mind, which is a result of body dissatisfaction, not accepting my body how it is right now. Okay. Now, a number of researchers in the field have studied negative body image, but sort of leave it at that. And I know you've done a considerable amount of thinking about what might be done to prevent these problems from occurring or to remedy them once they exist. What are some of the approaches you think might be most beneficial? Well, we um, we did a, a, a research study a number of years ago um, that was conducted in schools. We implemented a, a physical education program for adolescent girls who didn't feel that comfortable with their bodies or had excessive weight concerns. And the program is called New Moves. 
um, it's all available actually online, newmovesonline.com. Um, and in this program, we really try to provide a, an environment within schools, within school physical education programs, where girls could feel comfortable with their bodies, where they could be active at any shape or, or size, where they would avoid unhealthy dieting behaviors. And um, we knew that there was a need for this program because many young people were not going to PE classes, and that was actually getting in the way of them graduating from high school. This program really filled a niche within the schools. It's still being conducted in many schools in Minnesota, where, where I live. And um, we saw that the young girls who participated in this program he had improvements in their body image, in their overall sense of, a sense of self, their self-esteem, sense of self-worth, and there was a large decrease in the use of unhealthy weight control behaviors. So by providing an environment where youth can feel better about themselves, but also an environment that makes it easy for them to be physically active and engage in healthier eating patterns is possible and is really important. We, um, we need to look outside of schools. We need to look both within the smaller worlds, within families, to see what type of discussion is going on in families, and in the broader society what's going on, what's happening in the publishing world, what do images look like in magazines, what are the messages that are being given out with regard to to what people should look like. I mean, there's a whole industry that's founded on making people aware of their deficiencies so that they'll buy products. So we're beginning to explore what can be done at these other levels to make a difference. So you've talked about the New Moves program, a creative program working with individuals themselves, in this case in a school setting. You also mentioned intervening at a broad social level, like giving families healthier messages to convey to their children, and also doing things, say, with the publishing industry. Are there examples around the world of things that have been done in those arenas that are positive? Yeah, there are some growing examples. For for example, in Israel, a law just came out in um, in January where whereby models need to have a body mass index or need to appear to have a body mass index of at least an 18.5. Now, that's still very thin, but um, but it's a good cutoff to start. And... Um, and this law will be, be enforced. Um, models will need to have to bring a note from their doctor. And in the case of, let's say, um, you know, there's an illness of a model or a death of a model, as we've seen in many places due to anorexia nervosa, the family will actually be able to sue the government if that wasn't enacted properly. Um, the, the other piece that I've seen um, when I was there and, and I spoke to people about the policy is that we have the voluntary um, interest of clothing companies in portraying a more normal and healthy view of a young girl, which I'd like to see across the board. Um, you know, many of us are, are working for the health of our young people and our young adults and our adult populations, why not portray more realistic images? Now, this is not easy to do, and we have yet to see what's going to happen in Israel. 
But but that is one example um, of a really positive step that's been taken forward, which I would love to see in our own country. Maybe a last question I can get your sense of the tea leaves and where you see things are going. Now, I know these concerns about unrealistic images of bodies and body image problems go back decades now. Um, and over this time, have you seen a trend in a positive direction, or do you see things uh, moving in ways that you would find beneficial, uh, or do you think things are getting worse? I think that we're seeing both. On the negative side, we're seeing a proliferation of media outlets. So we are exposed more and more and more to media messages around the world. You know, we're at our computers. It's not just the television. It's not just the magazines. It's it's everywhere. So that is um, a big concern. On the positive side, the language is changing. We are talking more about diversity in shape and size. We are talking more about being healthy rather than being thin. We're seeing even within the fashion industry that, you know, half of our population is overweight. This is a market that buys clothes. So coming out with clothes that are more attractive for different shapes and sizes. Um, I have my own personal interest in, in yoga, and we see within this world a language of appreciating my body for what it does rather than for what it looks like. Well, I'm happy to hear those positive comments, and let's hope things continue to improve because the lives of so many people could be affected by this, and it's really nice you and others are working on this. So thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Our guest is Dr. Diane Newmark-Steiner, professor in the Division of Epidemiology and Community Health in the School of Public Health at the University of Minnesota. Uh, feel free, if you'd wish, to visit our website, www.yalerudcenter.org. And there you'll find a variety of resources on food and food policy issues, including a newsletter that goes out, free of charge, of course, and also a list of the other podcasts from people who have joined us at the Rudd Center. Thank you.